Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Awakening Her podcast. I am so excited that you're here today. Thank you for spending this time on yourself and for letting me into your earbuds. You are going to love today's episode. Today, I'm sitting down with Sandy Forrester, and you very much may know who Sandy is. She's kind of a big deal in the law of attraction world. She is pretty amazing. So Sandy is an award winner. She is a best-selling author. And she has mentored over 55,000 women and helped them to master law of attraction and manifest what they want in their life. She has worked with Jack Canfield and been on recorded for The Secret. And it's just, she's amazing. What she's doing in the world is so incredible. Today, Sandy is sitting down and talking all things manifestation, but we do focus a lot on money, creating more money. Sandy has literally been a single parent on welfare and now is a millionaire. She's also written a best-selling book, How to Be Wildly Wealthy Fast. So I'm asking her a lot of questions about why money feels tough to make, what are the common money blocks that she sees, how to pivot out of that, and I get her number one manifesting tip, which is so beautiful and so powerful. I know that you're going to absolutely love today's episode and make sure to check out the show notes for everything so you can follow Sandy on social media, take her courses, connect with her. She is incredible. So without further ado, let's welcome Sandy onto the show. Hey Seeker, welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition, and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Hello, Sandy. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here with me today. I'm so excited too. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for agreeing to come on the show. I know that My audience is going to love everything we're going to cover today. So if they have not heard of you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm from the beautiful Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia. And um, my main thing is working with women to help them break through their money blocks, to rewire their brain so they can absolutely create a life beyond anything that they have ever dreamt of. Because... I've been able to do that, and I figure if I can do it, I can teach other people how to do it too. Yeah, you have an incredible story. I would love if you're willing to share a little bit about that because when Sandy says if she can, we can too, I know we hear that all the time, (laughs) and we Mm -hmm. see these people that are there in our mind, and we, we think it's easier than it is, but Sandy's really been through a lot. So can you share with us a little bit about what you mean by that? Yeah, sure. So to give you the very brief backstory, um, when I was 15, we moved to from the most southern state of Australia to the most northern state. So from the cold south to the warm north, opposite to you. Um, and 
my, I went to school, I met a boy and we went out for about 11 years and we got married and I had a six-month-old and a three-year-old and we divorced. And I ended up from that divorce with, I think it was about $150,000. And I ended up having to pay the lawyer about $30,000 of that. I had to buy back my car that I'd been given for Mother's Day. That was about $20,000. And the money I had left, I decided I would then invest. Like I would be like everyone else and invest my money. So I put some money into real estate and ended up even in a hot market, I lost money. I put money into some shares some stocks and they just plummeted and I lost all that. I had um, some money in investment club and that investment club just dried up. I put money into a business that was um, a network marketing business and the company folded. Like every practical thing I did, did not work. And so it was like, what is wrong with me? Like everyone else in the world, in my mind, was out there making it happen and I was just struggling. So I actually ended up at that time, I had a what I called a, a swim and surfway business. It was purely a hobby business. It wasn't a real business. So um, basically what I would do is I would buy beautiful fabrics all winter and sew them up and then come summer I'd find an empty shop down by the beach and I'd sell my swim and gym wear and um, that was great when I was married because it was our play money. It was like put in a swimming pool one year or go on a holiday one year or buy some new furniture or whatever. But when it had to become my actual income um, and, you know, pay for absolutely everything in my life, suddenly, you know, it wasn't enough. And so that that particular business was not making any money. I was going backwards. I ended up on welfare. I was $100,000 in debt. And as I said, I, I thought, well, what's wrong with me? Everyone else is learning this stuff, learning practical stuff. How come I'm so far in debt? I'm getting further and further in debt, but I'm, I'm you know, doing all the doing. And I went to a, it was kind of like a psychologist or um, hypnotherapist, someone who kind of helps you. I think, I can't remember how it was advertised, but I think it was something to do with helping you with your career or helping you, you know, move forward. So I went to him, had this session. I don't know if I was hypnotised or not. I just remember everything about it. And at the very end, he said to me, so what came up for you? And I said, well, the only thing I really like is personal development, but in my mind, there's only two things you could do. You could write a book or you could speak. And there was no way I was going to do either of those things because I was so shy and such an introvert. And I'm still a massive introvert, still quite shy. But the, the beauty of, you know, where my life ended up. So, so what happened was this guy said, you know, personal development. I said personal development. And it's like, I'm thinking I'm not going to be able to do that. But Two weeks later, I saw this little inch-by-inch inch ad in the local paper and the words that stuck out were um, personal development, strong work ethic, make money. And I was like, oh. And I looked into it and it ended up being a course based on the law of attraction. And I fell in love with the course and I started promoting the course and things started to change because I, I went from that place of, you know, doing all the practical things that people did to create prosperity, to create wealth, to understanding that it's not about 
the what you do, it's about your mind. And it wasn't just positive thinking because at the time that's all I knew until I discovered this personal development course It was based on the law of attraction. So it went from being just thinking positively to suddenly understanding there was a science behind it, this, you know, quantum physics. There was something that was based in reality that if I changed the way I thought, I could change things in my life. And so basically I just, I jumped on the law of attraction like you wouldn't believe. I fell in love with it. And I like to tell people, you know what, at the time I didn't 100% or really totally think that it was going to work for me, mm-hmm. <clears throat> pardon me. But what it ha- what ha- <clears throat> pardon me. <laughs> but what happened, but what happened for me was, Just the fact that I could focus on something and visualise it and see it and feel it and get into that wonderful space of feeling like my life was different, at the time that was good enough for me because when you're $100,000 in debt and on welfare, and welfare at the time was $15,000 a year, so as you can imagine, that's not even keeping you afloat, so you're getting further and further in debt every single day. So the very fact that I could focus on living a different life, and my goal at the time was to be a millionaire, so $100,000 in debt and on welfare, but the goal of being a millionaire and thinking about being a millionaire and feeling like I was a millionaire and visualising, affirming and being all these different processes and practices, that just took me away from my life as it was, which just felt so good. So part of me was like, even if it doesn't work, this feels great. And so, you know, I just feel really blessed that I just immersed myself. I just, and I still do to this day, I love the law of attraction. I love anything that's going to rewire my brain. And so, you know, back then I was just constantly just doing all these different processes and things started to change. And and I guess I'm I'm really lucky in that I, I do a process or I, I do something that I kind of, and this isn't to um, put down any type of mental health issue, but I, I do it and it's a process called delusional manifesting where I get into that space of really thinking that something's happened. And if I have a conversation, say, with my daughter, she says, has this has this happened or are you wanting this to happen? Like, I, and so... But I really do. I immerse myself and I think that's what made the difference. I really, you know, when I grab onto something, I grab onto it with both hands. And so I really did everything I could around the law of attraction. And every day I was really shifting my energy and focusing on what I wanted and 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 putting myself in that vibration, in that energy. And, yeah, things turned around so that I did become, I went from welfare and went to millionaire and, you know, some of the the ways that happen still blow my mind to this day. And so, yeah, I love teaching others how they can do the same. Yeah, that's so, wow, there's so much in there. And that's so, it's so incredible that you were able to do that from a place of lack, you know, like being that much in debt, no matter how positive you are, when you have children, like there's real worries that go on in any person's mind in that position. And I I really would love to know, I I know you're saying that you did, you just dove in and you were really feeling the feelings, but I'm wondering how you were able to get there. And maybe it's because when you sort of stumbled into it, you found a course 
because a lot of people hear about it and they they do the whole I'm a millionaire I'm a millionaire but it's lighting the other side of the stick because they don't truly believe it they go back to their bills and go I'm not a millionaire and so it's it's interesting to me that from the beginning you kind of got that embodiment piece which for a lot of people is finally what changes things five years deep once they've, you know, tried all the affirmations and it was sort of empty and didn't work. So how do you think you were able to really dive in? So like right at the beginning? Um, I think for me, right at the beginning, as I said, it was more a a matter of, it just felt better than my life. Mm. Like it just felt so much better than where I was because like you say, challenges, I just felt like such a crummy mummy. I was lit- I would yell at my kids. In fact, I would scream at my kids because I was just so stressed around money, so stressed about not having any, not knowing where my future was going to go, thinking that even if I got a good job, being $100,000 in debt, it was going to take me the rest of my life to pay that off. It was like it was just beyond horrible. And so I think for me, I was at that rock bottom place. And sometimes when you're at rock bottom, you really have nowhere else to go. Like you really, you really just, you've got no choice. And so for me, being in that rock bottom place and feeling really like low and angry. And and I remember this one incident. So my daughter came to me two days before her school dance. Now we live on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia. So the school dance is a pretty casual affair. So she came to me and she said, Mum, she was about, I think she was about 10 or 11 or 12. She was, you know, only young. She said, Mum, I need a new pair of shorts for the school dance. And instantly my stomach ties in knots because, you know, we had no money. And and then she said, oh, and I probably need some new shoes too. And I was like, oh, you know, the knot gets tighter. And I said, darling, we don't have any money right now. I can't, you know, I can't do that. Why not? You never buy me anything. It's not fair. Everyone else gets everything, not me. And I said, darling, look, we just don't have the money right now. She said, you know, and then in her thinking, it's like my mark, because you know how everyone has a, a love language? Hers is uh, gifts or whatever it's called. And it's like I, my mother is not buying me anything. My mother doesn't love me. So it's like, and I'm just feeling really all these emotions start coming up. Anger because she's asking me and I don't have it. Um, shame because here I am in the same situation, no money, still struggling, um, embarrassment, um, fear, scared, I'm always going to be like that. It was like this, all these really negative emotions come up and unfortunately fear is winning. So then she says, well, why don't you just put it on credit card? And unfortunately the credit cards were maxed out. They were about to cut off the phone because I couldn't pay the bill. It was like very, very stressful. And so all this anger, because the anger is the thing that's winning, is bubbling up. And next thing I know, I'm screaming at her. And I can I can still picture it to this day. I'm sure that I had steam coming out my ears and spit flying out my mouth and veins throbbing on my temples. And I'm screaming at her, look, don't you understand? We don't have any money. We are broke. And then she turned to me, and, and here's me thinking she never listens to a single thing I say. She turns to me, puts her hand on her hip and says, well, if that's how you feel whenever you talk about money, the universe is never going to make us rich. Oh, my gosh. In that moment, it was like a punch to the stomach. It was like, oh. Don't you hate when your kids are so wise? (laughs) I know. I know. And literally, honestly, I honestly thought she never listened to a thing I said. Like, she just blank out and, you know, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We're still broke. But, you know, that means nothing. And yet... You know, she said that to me and it was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. And so in that instant, 
I realized that, yes, I was doing all these lovely affirmations and I was doing my visualizations. I was doing all this great stuff to try and attract the abundance into our lives. And yet all my strongest emotions, and emotions are the thing that places the order with the universe, all my strongest emotions were about not having any money. And so I realized I had to change that. So I decided the only way I could do it was to have something else to focus on all the time, like all the time. So I created an affirmation about being a millionaire and I literally said it all the time. Like if I wasn't thinking about something, I was saying that affirmation. And if I, um, you know, when I was driving the car, when I was taking the kids to school, when I was doing the dishes, when I was exercising, in fact, I said it so many times, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and it was saying in my brain. Mm. That's when I knew that I was really immersed. And, you know, it, the affirmation came true. So it was, I am now a debt-free millionaire. And I just said it over and over. Mind you, I, I teach in my book how to come to that uh, final affirmation because when I first said it, it was like, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> that is not true. Who do you think you are? So, you know, I have this whole process that can get you into that final affirmation um, so that you really feel it and believe it. But, yeah, that was my affirmation and um, sure enough, things completely turned around. So, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing having other people in your life to remind you of things that, you know, you think you're doing everything right, but they're looking from the outside going, yeah, yeah, nah, uh, uh, <laughs> not working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's neat too because she's mirroring back to you the wise things, the truth that you've been teaching her. And then in that moment, she's the guru you need, although it's sometimes frustrating in the moment because my, <laughs> that too, my, my daughter who's seven, she'll be like, well, be careful what you're thinking about because it's going to come to you. And I'm like, okay, okay. Or sometimes if I'm stressed, she's like, you know, mom, like, you know, it's all going to be fine. And I'll be in the middle of making dinner and it's chaos. And I realize I'm like, it is going to be fine. We're fine. It's just so yeah. funny. They do that. Wow, what an amazing turning point for you as well to kind of have that mirror going, okay, yeah, you're right. My dominant emotion around money is fear. I try to be optimistic, but when I get really honest, the dominant emotion is fear. And that's a powerful realization to have. And you have to have a certain level of um, self-reflection and also kind of being humble because for a long time, I think I'll, I'll witness that in myself and I go, yeah, but it's true, but I am frustrated, but I am worried. And you just kind of argue again to stay there. So for me, it was a little bit down the line where I started going, but do I want to keep attracting it? Yes, it's true. And I heard Abraham say that and it gave me all the permission in the world to just go, ha, ah. she said, it is true but do you want to create more of it in the future? And it was like, exactly. okay, yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah, we can so argue for our limitations and so argue for how things really are when, you know, we have the choice to make a, have a different thought and make a different decision and create a different reality. That's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. So um, then when everything started changing for you, sort of in that time when it was desperate times, but then things started changing, looking back now, because we can do it better when we have hindsight, what were sort of the first things that started feeling different? Because I know manifestation, it's not just the check popping up. There are symptoms or signs that things are changing early on. Do you remember any of that? Like, did you start feeling better and noticing different things or attracting books or I guess the course, right? So how did that go in the beginning? 
So I guess in the very beginning, because, you know, I did have this course and it wasn't on the law of attraction and I was putting everything into place, I did start to feel like, I guess you could call it, um, I was really sort of feeling that there was a different possibility, feeling like there was hope. And I think that's the very first thing, just understanding that your life, however it is now, no matter how bad it is or how great it is, it doesn't matter where you are right now, but however it is, there is an absolute new possibility just waiting for you. And for me, that was just, that just lit up my heart. That just lit me up from the inside out and made me feel like, wow, you know, things can be different. And so that was the very first change. And then obviously, um, you know, as I said, I fell in love with this course and I started promoting the course and I started doing really good. So I actually had physical money starting to flow into my life. So that was like, wow. Um, And then, you know, so many different things happened around that though. So, you know, again, we create our reality. And next thing I know, the, the people who owned the rights to that particular course, to that beautiful personal development course that I loved, had a dispute with the printer. And they said, excuse me, you've printed it wrong. We are, you know, we're not going to pay for this lot of printing. You have to reprint it. The printer said, well, I'm not going to reprint it until you pay for it. So, and and it was direct sales. So when you're in direct sales, you have to have a product to sell. But one month went by, two months went by, three months. They were in a gridlock for nine months. So with no product to sell, I was back to square one. It's Mm. like, like, you know, what do I do now? I've, I've gone from having nothing to starting to make some good money to having nothing again. And it was like, you know, what's going wrong? But the good thing about that is the universe is behind us every step of the way. And what we think is a total disaster and, you know, like everything's just falling apart, the universe is behind us trying to kind of just lead us in another direction and we get so hung up on one thing thinking this is the thing, the universe has to step in and just blow it up so that we'll go in a different direction. So for me, I then discovered life coaching and I started coaching. Um, And then, funnily enough, it all kind of fell apart and suddenly I couldn't coach anymore because I felt like such a fraud and I felt like, you know, who am I to be coaching people because my life is such a disaster. And then I had a uh, my accountant and came to me and said, look, I know that you used to sell a personal development course. You used to sort of talk to people about a course. And I found this course and I really want to, you know, help my clients with it, but I don't want to talk to them about it. And I'm thinking, oh, direct sales, don't want to get into that again. But, you know, she she made a good case and, again, I was on the bones of my ass, as they say here in Australia. I, like I literally, you know, I just I needed to do something. So I said yes and, as it turned out, within months of that, you know, us coming together, so she she um, she was very a practical person. I'm completely the opposite. I'm all about the mindset. So coming together and I would talk to all the clients. But then about three, oh, I don't know, it, was a bit, it would have been about three or four months in, I woke up one morning with this name in my head, Wildly Wealthy Women, and I just jumped online and I registered the domain name and didn't think anything of it until about another four or five months and I said to her, you know what, I've got this idea. Like we're teaching this or or we're giving people this practical tool, this practical course around creating money and it was all to do, I think at the time it was to do with um, 
property investing, investing in real estate. And I said, and it's great that people have, you know, um, this course, but I know from learning in this course, because it's all practical, there's so many things I don't understand. And if I didn't have you to ask questions of, I, I probably wouldn't do anything. I said, I think we should start a course that supports this, this you know, home study course where we get together every week and you help people and answer questions and we'll do it by teleseminar. At this point, you know, this was back in 2003. It, no one was doing teleseminars at all or webinars or anything like that. So, you know, we should get together um, every week and we'll do teleseminars and then three times a year we'll get together and have wildly wealthy women's wicked weekends and we'll have yoga and meditation and I'll teach them mindset and you can teach them all the practical. And, and she said, okay. So I ended up launching that and literally within three months made close to $2 million. Wow. So it, it, was, it was at the time when... Uh, really there was not a lot of, I mean, I know these days every man and his dog is has a women's mentoring program and, you know, teaching women how to be empowered, and I love that. But back then in 2003, no one was doing it. So women fell in love with the idea of being taught the practical. They really weren't so on board and excited about the mindset because I think they didn't understand how powerful it was, but I cannot tell you the amount of women that just had their minds blown when they discovered that, you know, the mindset I was teaching was all based on the law of attraction and suddenly things were happening and people were creating prosperity and making money and some even becoming millionaires, like it just literally blew their minds. So so that was just one thing that happened for me when it came to, um, you know, really changing everything very quickly. But uh, I, I think for me what I, and this is what I love to teach people, the universe is just waiting to bring you far more than you ever want for yourself. So the universe is there backing us every step of the way. It's not us trying to do stuff. It's it's the universe, like we only come up with a thought or an idea because it's out there waiting for us anyway. And the universe is just trying to reveal this to us and trying to support us to get there. So when thing, when something totally falls apart, it's really that the universe, as I said, has a, has a slightly different plan for us and, and, you know, is wanting us to move toward our greatest good. So for me, you know, when I come up with an idea, I know that it's not just me coming up with this brilliant idea. I know that it's the universe backing me and the universe planting this seed. And so I take action on everything. And so I've done that multiple times, come up with an idea out of the blue and made millions of dollars from it, whereas many people probably come up with ideas but they don't take action, they do nothing. And I'm not saying every idea I come up with makes me a lot of money and creates success because let me tell you, I've made my share of many mistakes. But I just keep taking action and I, I, I know pretty early on if it's heading in the right direction or, you know, not abort, this is no good, you know, leave it alone. Um, so I really guess that the thing that has made me different to a lot of other people that learn the law of attraction is one of the things that Wallace Wattles, who wrote The Science of Getting Rich decades ago, like it was the start of the 19th, is it the 19th century? I can't remember what centuries you're in, but the 1900s. Yeah. Um, he, in that book he said, by thought the thing you desire uh, the thought by thought the thing you desire is brought to you, but by action you receive it. Mm. 
And I think that's kind of the missing piece for a lot of people. They sit around and they, you know, meditate and they visualise and they create their vision boards and they do all the fun stuff, but they don't take any action. And so I became an like an absolute action taker. I just took action on everything. And as I said, some things turned out amazing and some things just flopped. But it's the taking action and the following through, I think, where the magic happens. I always say to people, it's it's when you marry the practical with the metaphysical, that's where the magic happens. And what happens for most people is they get, they're either all about the physical or all about the doing, the doing, the doing, and they burn themselves out and they all, you know, they never get to where they want to be because there's so many actions to take. Well, they're all about the metaphysical and the, the, you know, as I said before, the vision boards and the affirmations and the feeling good and the getting into the, the you know, energetically aligning, but they're not taking any action. So mm-hmm. when you do the two together, that's where the magic happens and that's where things happen really fast because every Every step that you take toward your dreams, the universe takes that step closer toward you. So it happens so much faster when you're combining the, the practical with the metaphysical. I love that. I, I really agree. And I, in my own self, I like to think about, and I teach about this, but inspired action. And as you're saying that, it's like it marries the two because it's inspired, it's in spirit. It came from that place of, ooh, that would be fun or, you know, what would be neat or that would be exciting, that would be big, but it's married with the action because exactly like you say, you can have the best idea, but if you don't start taking steps, you'll never know if it's something that not only could make you a lot of money, but might be deeply fulfilling, help other people, really move the needle forward in life, right? And um, Mike Dooley, I don't know if you've heard of him, he's a Hay House author, but he talks about law of attraction and he says, throwing pitches to the universe. And ever since I heard that years ago, I always think of that, like, just keep throwing pitches, just keep throwing pitches, (laughs) just keep trying. And it does, like you say, every once in a while, or not even every once in a while, but Some things don't work. Some things magically do work. And I've found that even the things that didn't work, like didn't make me a whole bunch of money, I still look back and I'm like, oh, I learned that from this thing. Or it'll be a passive product that now I can use and is really, you know, touching people. At the the time, it didn't make me a million dollars, but now it's something great I can use as an extra resource. Or, you know, the the person I connected through this thing was important. So it is, even if it doesn't make you a bunch of money, it still is working in the whole picture of your life and moving you and everyone else forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love then to talk about a little bit about money because um, it's something that is at the forefront of a lot of people's minds, whether they're an entrepreneur and they have big goals or like you were just trying to get by. You know, there's a lot of women that listen that really want to have a business that supports them or be self-sufficient or make money from their art. And a lot of times money feels like the thing that, funny enough, is blocking them, whereas it's the block coming from within us. So in your story, something that really stuck out was at the beginning when you were trying to invest and nothing was working out. You know, as you were saying that, I was, I was curious, what did you discover about that? Was that a block going on? And how did you sort of work to chip away and dissolve those blocks that were controlling your money story? Oh my gosh, money blocks. (laughs) Where do I start? So yeah, for me, I guess um, I didn't realize I had any 
blocks. Like I didn't even really understand what that was until one day my daughter came home from spending the day with my mum and dad and she said, oh, um, it was so scary driving in the car with Pop today. And I said, why? What happened? And she said, we got to the top of, I, we live in a place called Budrum and it's a mountain, but it's not a mountain like a real mountain. It's just a bump. But to us, it's a mountain because um, we live by the beach and you know, a lot of flat land. <clears throat> Pardon me. So she comes home and she said, it was really scary in the car with Pop. And, and um, he turns his car off at the top of the hill, top of Budrum, and we we coast all the way down the hill and he always tries to see how far he can go, you know, see if he can get to the bedroom tip, the bedroom dump. And it's like, um, and suddenly it all came rushing back to me. Oh, my gosh, yes. Because I didn't even realise it, but I thought, yes, my parents, they're so frugal. Like they were beyond frugal. Like they were, the things they would do when it came to saving money because we were, our family was by no means um, rich but we were by no means like poor, but growing up our family was just kind of middle of the road. And I remember our neighbours, um, they had a business, like everyone else worked, but they had a business. And I remember my neighbours were always doing things like going on holidays overseas or buying a new car or getting new furniture. And I remember my mum and dad looking at each other and, and sort of saying, what are they up to? You know, they could be dealing drugs. And it was like... If you made money, there had to be a reason. There had to be something, you know, fishy that was going on, something that was either hurting people or taking away from people or something illegal. Like to them in their mind, having a lot of money and being rich was just, it just didn't happen through hard work. There was something wrong with it. So that had been ingrained in me and I didn't realise until my daughter came home and it's like, you know, the, the coasting down the hill and suddenly I thought, Oh, there's so many things my parents do. So, yeah, I, I really recognise that, you know, all these things that I'd heard from my parents growing up was deeply embedded in my brain, even though on a logical level, on a conscious level, that was not how I thought, that was not who I was, but at a, at a very deep subconscious level, that's where I was. And so basically at, a, at, a, at an energetic level, that's where I was sitting that money is hard, that the rich get richer and the poor get the poorer and that you must be doing something wrong, you must be stepping on people's toes, you must be a bad person to be rich. So even though my conscious mind was like, yes, I want more money, I want to be, you know, I want, I want to be a millionaire, I want more in my life, who I really was at a cellular level was like, no, you don't want to be mean and nasty and step on people and do illegal things. That, that's not who you want. So we're going to keep you away from that experience. And so just in that moment, I really recognised that, you know, I needed to change my thinking, not at a logical level, but at a subconscious level. And that's when I really dived into, I guess, the, the quantum science behind it and also the neuroscience and understanding that, you know, yes, the law of attraction can seem very woo-woo, hippie, new agey, but there is a science behind it and there is a science behind the brain. And, you know, when you really dive into all of that, you understand that it, 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 it might sound hard to rewire the brain, but really there are some very simple processes and exercises and things you can do and be consistent about it and you can rewire your thinking so that you just naturally 
begin to attract. Because think about it, when when a millionaire who's you know very successful, say business person, and they go out there and they they make a wrong business decision or they have someone who embezzles them or you know there's a downturn in the market, whatever happens to be, they lose all their millions. What happens two or three years later? They're back to being a millionaire because that's how they're wired. Whereas someone who was like me at the time, it didn't matter what practical step I took toward creating prosperity, it all disappeared because that was, that was who I was at the time. So when you change who you are at a cellular level, when you, when you rewire your mind, then your entire life changes because that becomes your predominant uh, kind of energetic signal that you send out into the universe. So it's not even that you have to consciously think about it every day specifically, but that just becomes your, your dominant signal that you send out. And so that's what the universe brings back to you. So it's all about not just positive thinking, not just law of attraction, but really rewiring the brain. And that's, that's when it can all really happen. Yeah. As you're saying that I'm having a massive, I love these conversations because, you know, there can be something that I've a concept I've heard before, taught before, but when someone says it in slightly different words, little pockets of it go, oh, and I just heard something in there about when your brain is working on autopilot, our subconscious, it's dominating the way we are automatic thinking, our reactions, those subconscious thoughts and rewiring it. I just kind of heard making money could be as easy as staying in debt. People say it's so easy to slip into debt. It's so easy to spend money. It's so easy. Like, I, you know, I can't do anything to get out of overdraft. You know, that's how easy it is to stay in overdraft. But when your mind reprograms, money, making money could be just as easy as spending it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but those oh, light totally. bulbs going on in my head, it's like wherever your brain is pointing that will be easy. So whether it's being in fear, being in shame, being in lack, or it's being in abundance, being in love, being in forgiveness, all that, it could be just as easy depending on where your brain is. Exactly. And the thing is, again, we've got the choice. We've got the choice of what to focus on and how we want to feel about it. Because, you know, anyone that's discovered the law of attraction and is using it, quite often you learn about what to focus on, but sometimes the missing piece is you know, I, I always teach my students it's all about aligning body, mind and spirit. So it's not just about thinking the right things. It's not just about the mind. It's not just about feeling the feelings of being abundant. It's not just about that emotional and those feelings. And it's not just about taking action. But when you do all three, body, mind and spirit, when you align all three, you're basically saying to the universe, I am ready. This mm -hmm. is it. Because then the signal you're sending out to the universe is clear and pure and it understands it because you could be thinking about abundance and, and um, talking about abundance, but if you're feeling broke, then the signal that you're sending out because it all comes to, back to feelings is, you know, I am broke. You could be feeling abundant and you could be thinking abundantly, but you're not taking the actions you need to take to actually create the abundance. And, again, you know, by thought the thing you desire is brought to you but by action you receive it so you've really got to line align that body mind and spirit energetically and when you do that that's when you basically as I said beaming out to the universe and saying I am ready this is it I am serious bring it on so yeah it's really about getting those three all in alignment so that you just line up 
And that's what it is. Alignment is just lining up with what it is you want. And all those things that you desire, they're all out there waiting for you. And when you align body, mind and spirit, it's almost like this buffet, this smorgasbord just opens up and all the things that you've ever desired are on it, as well as all the things you don't want. It's always there. But when you are in alignment, you only see the things that you want to create, that you want to have in your life, that you want to manifest, that you want to bring into your world. And so you've got to get into that alignment. When you do, again, it it's, can seem like magic. It can seem like magic because I remember when The Secret came out. Now, I had already written my book, How to Be Wildly Wealthy Fast. The Secret came out and we couldn't buy it in Australia. There was some sort of thing that, you know, until it was aired on TV, we couldn't buy it in Australia. So it didn't even say in the little trailer, it was like a one or two minute trailer, it didn't even say that it was a law of attraction. But I saw the trailer and thought, oh my gosh, that is so in alignment with what I do. That's amazing. I have to, I have to do something about this. I want to be in the secret. <laughs> now, who thinks that after the movie's already come out? Like, seriously. But that's right. my delusional thinking. So it's like, oh, I, I want to send them a present. So I emailed The Secret and said, I think what you're doing is amazing. It is going to change the world. I don't really know what it is because we can't get it here, but I'd love to send you a gift. And I get an email back from Rhonda Byrne, the producer of The Secret. And she said, I don't know how I got your email. We get thousands of emails. None ever come to me, but somehow I got yours. And, yes, I'd love a present. So I sent her my book. And I sent her my home study course, Millionaire Mindset. So I sent her that. And she writes back and says, oh, my gosh, did you watch The Secret and then write this? And I said, no, my book has been out for a couple of years and I haven't even seen The Secret. So she sent me The Secret. And so she sent me this copy and I get this copy in the mail and I have this secret party and all my friends come around and we watch The Secret and it was just all so exciting. It was like, oh, my gosh, this movie is like this is what I teach. This is amazing. And I was like, I have to be in the movie. <laughs> anyway, next thing I know, I get an email from Rhonda saying, uh, we have a version of the movie now, but we have to actually change it. We have to take somebody out. We have to take Esther Hicks out because of certain, you know, legal things happening and we just want this to be easy. Uh, we'd like to film you to be in the secret. I was like, oh, my gosh. So it was like manifesting, manifesting. This is like too cool. So anyway, they spent a whole day filming me for The Secret uh, to take Esther's place. And as it turned out, because the movie has been created very, uh, very energetically, very, you know, vibrationally with intent, her, anyone that's ever known Esther Hicks from Abraham Hicks knows that her energy is very calm and, you know, beautiful and flowing. And you've probably heard, mine is very energetic and passionate and like, whoa. So I didn't actually fit energetically into the movie. So they ended up using the two women that were in there and sort of expanded their roles. But part of me was like, I manifested that. I was able to use um, photos of me being filmed for The Secret, say I was being filmed for The Secret, all that. And that really elevated, I guess, my credibility but then the other part of me was like, I'm so glad I wasn't in a secret because I didn't want to be the one that bumped Esther Hicks off because, you know, all her all her fans, um, you know, my potential followers and they love my information. So I didn't want to kind of be that person. Plus I saw what started happening with, with uh, the media who, you know, sometimes can be a bit brutal with some of the people who were in the secret. So I was like, I, I, I got to... Uh, say I was in the secret without actually really being in the secret. But the other side of that 
was that I said to Rhonda, look, why can't we buy it in Australia? That's just, it's so, it seems so stupid. No, 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 we can't. We cannot sell to Australians. I said, well, can someone else sell to people in Australia? She said, sure, but we cannot sell to anyone in Australia. I said, well, can you sell to someone in America and they can sell it to someone in Australia? Sure. I said, well, I have a US company. So that idea, so she just said, okay, so so I knew nothing about importing, let me just say here and now, nothing about getting a product and bringing it through customs and paying all the fees and the fines and the blah, 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 blah. But it was like, I'll do it. And that idea alone made me close to $3 million in less than a year. I imported the secret and I sold it to everyone who wanted it. And there was a lot of people who wanted it. And I was selling to stores in bulk and I was like, it was just like, and again, an inspired idea. The inspired idea was not, oh, let's see how I can make money out of this. The inspired idea was, oh, my gosh, this movie is going to change the world. I want to send them a gift. Mm-hmm. That was it. But mm-hmm. I took action. How many people think, oh, wow, this is amazing, you know, that's great, but then never do anything. So I not only wanted to thank her but I wanted to send her a gift, created that connection, and, you know, magic happened. Magic happened. Yeah, that's, thank you for sharing that. First of all, what an incredible story. That's amazing. I didn't um, realize that, that you distribute it for Australia. That's so fun. Um, And it's neat how you're talking about that idea because it's a, it's a really great idea, but it's a very ordinary idea. Like you say, so many people would think, oh, I'm going to write a letter to this person or send, you know, my demo to this person or a gift to this producer or this creator. But like you said, they just don't do it because in our mind, it's like, oh, it's just going to sit in some warehouse. They're never going to see it. It's not going to, and, and it's almost like the law of diminishing intent. You know, they have this great idea. They just don't act on it. And soon it was that idea they had, but for you, it had, you, you took action on it and then it had such an incredible continuing ripple <laughs> that kept exactly. unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. And yeah, that's absolutely, that's so incredible. So I'd love to know how you, I know everyone wants to know this, but how you dissolved those money blocks and how you continuously do that with the subconscious you know, there's lots of different methods for subconscious programming. Lots of things work for different people. What worked for you to reprogram that subconscious mind? Great question. And if there was one thing, like literally I could probably bottle it and become a millionaire yeah. all over again. Like you just keep creating. Yeah. But I think I think that's why I wrote my book, How to Be Wildly Wealthy Fast, because I'm someone who gets bored easily. So if someone said, okay, create an affirmation and say your affirmation, you know, for the next six months or 12 months or whatever until you manifest what you want, I would be completely bored with it. If mm-hmm. they said create a visualisation and, listen and, and you know, go through that visualisation on a daily basis for months on end, I would be bored with it. And I know that when it comes to creating, when it comes to manifesting, when it comes to attracting things into your world, it's all about the feeling. Like without the feeling, nothing's going to happen. That's why every thought we have doesn't suddenly pop into, you know, our reality. It's the thought. And the more thought you put into something, the faster it creates. And so, you know, when people have money challenges, all they think about is their money challenges, or at least in my experience, that's all I did. I just thought about my money challenges all, all the time. So I just created more. So when I realised that, you know, my money challenges were just creating more money challenges to switch it, I decided that, 
I needed to focus on what it was I wanted. So I created lots of things. I did do affirmations on a daily basis, visualization. Like if I did, if I was exercising, I didn't just exercise. I was running my affirmations through my head the whole time. If I was doing laps in the pool, I was running the affirmations in my head all the time. Every morning, the first thing I did was I would meditate and then I would do a visualization going off to bed at night, do a visualization. I even created, I have this range of um, uh, subliminals that use subliminal uh, messaging, that use um, channeled music, that uses um, all sorts of technology that really allows you to rewire your brain because I'm a bit of a lazy manifesto. Yes, I love all the different law of attraction processes, but, you know, the bottom line is I'm lazy. So doing things subliminally helps to rewire the brain without having to think about it, which I love. So, yeah, I, I really just did so many different things to not focus on how my life was but focus on how I wanted it to be. And I think it's like you've got scales almost. It's like if you're focusing on how your life is, in my situation, focusing on having no money, and then um, I was able to instead learn about the law of attraction and began to focus on having abundance. And it's if I focused on both the same, it would be 50-50. But if I focus on abundance and prosperity and the life I truly want and the freedom and being able to do things with my kids that make our hearts sing, like when I focus on that more, than how things are, that becomes my becomes my predominant mental attitude. And I think that's the key. It's what your predominant mental attitude, what you're focusing on most of the time. So we live in a physical world and live this life in our bodies and stuff happens. You know, stuff is always going to happen. So it's not always going to be good. There's going to be times when things are going great and times when things aren't going great. But it's just knowing that if you can keep your predominant mental attitude your focus on what it is you truly desire most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, then things start to shift. The universe has to start to rearrange things because that's where your energy is. And the, the science side of that is there's a, a little sort of gateway, gateway um, at the back of your skull, sort of the, at the brain stem, and it's called the reticular activating system, and it filters out everything that isn't important because when you think about it wherever you are now like for me if I said well what can I see well honestly what can I see I can see a computer and I can see lights and I can see um, the ceiling and a fan and I can see out the window I can see a tree and it's got flowers and the flowers are white and yellow and they're beautiful smelling hibiscus and then I can see all the different shades of green and the bark and the leaves and the flowers and I can see a kangaroo and I was like on and on and on like there's literally a million things that I could see and within those million things probably you know another million or two different shades of you know and textures and blah 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 so our brain would literally just explode if it had to process every single thing that we saw in every moment that was happening and that doesn't include the hearing and all the other senses so it filters out what's not important it only allows in from your you know into your brain what is important so we get to we get to plant the seeds in our brain of what's important and so when I was in that place where I was a hundred thousand dollars in debt and on welfare and really worried about money that's all I was focusing on and so my brain was saying ah let's let that's important to you let's bring you more of that everything that is going to create more 
uh, debt and more money challenges and more of not having no money, we will show you those experiences so that you can then live those experiences. But Which when investing and everything exactly. else. Exactly. So I was doing the, the practical stuff, but my brain was saying, you know, we this is you, you don't you don't know how to do any of this. You are you, you're just gonna stay broke forever. And so it didn't matter what practical step I took, the result was the same. Whereas when you rewire your brain, for me, it was looking at other people who created abundance. Looking how, looking how they did it, reading stories, listening to, well, they didn't even have podcasts back then, but, you know, nowadays it's listening to podcasts like this. It's like it's doing whatever you can to immerse yourself in understanding that anything is possible, understanding that, you know, if one person has done it, anyone can do it. And when you do that, you, you're open to a different, creating a different reality. When you look at people who are, who are rich, when you read their stories, when you when you see people living a life that you want, and, and that may not be being rich, but that just may be having freedom and doing things that you love. And so it's, it's really about when you can put yourself in that energy and continually, continually feed your brain with those things, then suddenly you're, that gets fed into your subconscious. And so what happens is when you go out into the world, this opportunity or that experience or that connection or that idea it's all there all the time, but your brain is normally filtering it out and suddenly you see it, hear it and experience it. And so, again, I come back to you get the choice as to what you feed your brain and what you feed your brain, then the law of attraction can kick into action and bring you those things. So we have the choice every moment. Mm -hmm. We get to choose. Yeah. I love how you're saying that. And it's really, I, I couldn't agree more that there's lots of different tools we could use. There's lots of different things we could do. And first of all, how you say, if it was one affirmation forever, everyone would get bored. There's some things that we have routines that you might do every day for 10 years because it really does anchor you. But most of the time we need to be keeping things fresh and we need to be um, keeping it exciting because of that emotional component. You can just sit there and journal and do your 55 times of whatever and be thinking about the food you're cooking or your lack of money and it's not going to be doing anything. Um, I also love how you're saying about immersing yourself. I talk about that a lot. It kind of comes down to also the action piece. Just do a bunch of stuff. Just try the things that people in this world um, or in this sort of genre in the personal development law of attraction, just start trying some of the things. When you hear someone talking about EFT and it kind of goes, what is that? Oh yeah, just try it. When it's, you know, this free visualization meditation, just try it. Subliminal, just try it. And you'll start finding those things that light you up that you want to do day after day or a few times a week, or, you know, you want to experience over again, because boredom is never going to get you there. And exactly, you know, it has to stay fresh in that. Yeah. It has, it has to make your heart sing, I always say. It's, mm. You know, you can say an affirmation and you might be totally in it, into it for a week or so and then suddenly you kind of feel this flatness. Mm. Just move on to a new affirmation. Mm. It's because it's all about the feelings. It's just continually doing something that lights you up from the inside out, makes your heart sing and gives you that, those little kind of feeling of butterflies of, of like something's going to happen. That's the mm. feeling that's going to attract to you. 
Yeah. Yeah. And with affirmations, I always say, do it in your language. I think people try to be like, you know, the unto and like try to sound all (laughs) wise and some sort of timeless thing. It's like, say it in your language. I had a client not that long ago that what really broke through a, a level for her was the um, affirmation, I'm so fucking worthy. And she just said, she's like, I was in my shower. I'm so fucking worthy. And I was driving and that's what did it for her. Right. Whereas someone else, I had a different client that was a different energy and there must be a way, there must be a way. And I'm finding it. There must be a way. And I'm fine. You know, that was what really made her feel good in a time of feeling hopeless. So you got to get the angle that's right for you. The thing that meets you right where you're at and takes you that little ladder step further along the belief scale, you know, it just helps you a little bit more. And as you mentioned in the beginning, has you see a new possibility. I think that's so important with all of this, which is again, why mentorship, having people that are helping you along the journey and that inspire you, whether it's, you know, direct mentorship, group programs, books, even podcasts, so powerful to just immerse yourself in this information and start believing it's true, really, really believing you can create whatever you want. Yeah, belief is the first step. And that's why, like you say, surrounding yourself with mentors or community or just in any way that that you can build your belief. Because once you build your belief, then you start to believe in possibility. And when you believe in possibility, that's when things start to shift. Yeah. So um, do you see the same kind of blocks coming up over and over again? I don't know if you work with people one-on-one right now or, you know, are you seeing the same things kind of surface over and over, even maybe this year with everything or in 2020, everything that happened, did that bring up a new wave of scarcity? And are there sort of the same top few things that kind of play on repeat with clients? Yeah, good good question. And I don't do one-on-one with clients anymore, but we do, you know, a lot of group stuff. And in my millionaire mindset experience, what I find is initially like people get so excited and they they actually straight off the bat start manifesting things like, you know, $10,000 check comes from here and the money to do a course comes from there and all sorts of things happen very, very quickly. But then, but that's that's normally with anything new like if you go on a diet you'll lose a whole lot of weight straight off the bat and then things start to plateau or you you try and get fit you know you get right into it go to the gym every day but then things start to plateau well it's the same with manifesting sometimes straight out of the gate it all starts to happen and money's flowing from everywhere but then in the back of your mind in your subconscious mind they say um new level new devil but I personally believe that When you go to a new level, it's not necessarily a new devil. It's not a a new thing that's coming up, a new resistance, a new block. It's often the same one, but because you're a different person, you're going for something new, that, that devil, that block, that resistance surfaces again. So I always say to my clients, you know, it's all about, it's a never ending journey. It's not like you discover the law of attraction or you discover this process and everything changes and then your life is nirvana forevermore. It's every step that you take to move to a new level. Every, every whether at, whether that's you know making an extra five thousand dollars a month or ten thousand dollars a month or a hundred thousand dollars a month doesn't matter what it is. But when it comes to money, you're always going to be hitting some sort of and I and I know I call them blocks, but they're not really blocks because blocks to people is this big thing in front of you and you can't get through it. Whereas I like to think more really as resistance. It's like this anchor and all you need to do is cut the anchor off 
and that allows you to just move forward so much quicker. So you're always going to be experiencing some sort of resistance and it's really just a matter of recognising it and not letting that uh, have everything, make everything self-implode, like understanding it's like someone who's on a diet and they're eating really, really well and then they suddenly one day have a piece of chocolate cake and then it's like, oh, well, I've stuffed it now. I may as well just, you know, eat the packet of biscuits and have the hot chips and blah, blah, blah. So it's when you're manifesting and something happens and you do hit that resistance or you do come up against a block or something doesn't work and suddenly things look like they're going south, it's not a time to throw up your hands and go, oh, my gosh, this doesn't work. It's a time to go, aha, I need to double down on the processes that I'm doing. I need to double down on getting my mindset right. I need to double down because when you do, you burst through the other side and you just keep going and, and your life just can keep getting better and better. And too many people, when they hit that resistance or they hit that block, they say, oh, it's a sign. I'm not supposed to be doing this. Oh, it's a sign. I, you know, And they just, they give up. Whereas it's not really, it's just the universe saying, you know what, how serious are you? Do you really want this? Is this something you, you absolutely want to manifest or attract in your life? And when you say, yes, I'm doubling down, I'm yes, and you just keep going, as I say, you can just break through and magic can happen. And I, I found that over and over again for myself, found it over and over again for my students. It's just, it's just understanding that life is never going to be perfect and we just have to continue to focus on what we want, continue to take action, continue to feel as if it's real, and then the magic can happen. Mm, yeah. I love how you're saying that with the new level, new devil, because I feel the exact same. I feel like it's the same stuff. It's just in a new suit, right? It's just got new details, yeah. some extra thick stories laid on. It's not actually new, though. It's it's some sort of lack. It's some sort of fear. It's some sort of not enoughness. You know, it's we all have it. Um, yeah, I love how you say that. So why do you think that money... And I'm aware, I'm totally aware this is a complete story that we play as humans, but why is money so hard to manifest? So many people um, feel like it's so difficult. So I know that you know, nothing is it to the universe harder than anything else, but humans have a lot of stuff layered in. So do you have any thoughts on why money seems so hard to manifest for so many people? Yeah, because it's all it's all really tied up, I believe, it's all really tied up to fear. So when you think about it, Back in the caveman days, because uh, for us money is all about, really, it's about survival. If you don't have money, then you can't get food, you can't get shelter, you can't get, so, so it all comes back to survival. So back in caveman days, when you were part of a tribe, you were looked after and you were safe. If you had to go out out on your own, then there was a potential that you could die because you're going to get chased by a woolly mammoth or whatever. And so stress back then was all about certain death so you didn't have any food you would die if you weren't part of the tribe you could die if an animal came along you could die the rest of the time things were pretty okay that stress meant death so for us when it comes to money if we don't have money that brings up so much stress and even though that stress is really about not being able to pay a bill or not being able to do the things we want our system is wired that that stress going back, you know, millions of years is linked to certain death. And so that's why we are so emotional around money, so emotional about, 
you know, making money, not having money, not being able to buy this thing, you know, spending this. It's like we've got all these emotions layered upon money, which don't need to be there, but they are. It's all this this whole stress and this whole our, our life isn't worth living if we don't have any money, we, we don't have the choices, we don't have the freedom. And so money has become this big thing that it's not. It's like Literally money is just a piece of paper and it's just, you know, some different pieces of metal or whatever whatever the coins are made from. And it, it's just an energy like anything else, but it's what we put into that energy and what we make of it and what we make it mean. And so when you kind of shift your perspective, so for me money is not so much about accumulating things. To me, money is more about freedom because when I had no money, I had no freedom. I, I couldn't make choices where I lived. I had to, you know, rent a place all the time and I couldn't even have a choice to put a photo on the wall because that would put a hole in the wall and you weren't allowed to do that. And you couldn't have any choice. I couldn't, I couldn't go to the gym. I couldn't buy flowers. I couldn't travel. I couldn't, you know, even my kids, they'd say to me, oh, Mum, can I have tuck shop today? Because in Australia you can give them money and they can buy a tuck shop and it's a big deal. <laughs> you know, I'd always say no if we're out shopping and they said, Mum, can I have an ice cream? It would always be no. In the end they never asked me for anything. They never asked for anything when we were out because they knew the answer would be no. So it was all about, for me, it was not having that freedom, not having choices. But when I switched that and understood that money for me is not only freedom for me, but it's also freedom for my children. It allows me to to do the things that we want to do when we want to do them. It allows me to work when I want, where I want. Right now there's no travel, so that wears a little bit different. Um, But, you know, when when you put a meaning to money, instead of making it I've got no money and then feeling like your worth is low because a lot of people tie up their self-worth to their net worth Um, but when you understand that whether you have money or whether you don't have money you're still the same person and money is only going to amplify who you are so a lot of people sometimes don't want to make money because they feel like they're going to become a bad person but the thing about money is you get to be the same person, but it just amplifies you. So if you're a bad person before, we're going to be a badder person with money. If you're a good person before, then you're going to make good choices with your money and you're going to make a difference in the world. And so when you shift that energy about how you feel about money and think of money as something that's going to allow you and your life to be better, allow you to make changes in the world, allow you to, to make a difference, allow you to, to have the choices and the freedom that you want. And and think of it that way instead of thinking of money as I've got to have more because I'm not going to live, even though you're not consciously thinking that at a very deep cellular, you know, hardwired into your into your cells is without money, my life is going to be over. But understand that your, your life is going to go on as normal with or without money. Yes, I've been in both situations and, you know, definitely having more money is a lot more fun. And your life is a lot easier and you can make a bigger difference in the world. But I've also been in that place of having no money. And, yes, I know it's stressful, but you're still alive and life still goes on. So even with no money, when I was able to rewire my mind and not be so stressed about it and feel okay about it, that's why visualisations and affirmations and all those processes that we do, that what they actually do is allow you to calm your nervous system. 
Because as I said, when I was in debt and struggling, I felt so stressed. But by doing the visualizations and affirmations and all the different processes I teach, it calmed my nervous system. And when you calm your nervous system, you're actually in a place of being able to create. When you're in stress, you can't create. When you're in stress, your cells are zooming back to caveman days and you're being chased by a woolly mammoth. When you're being chased by a woolly mammoth or a saber-toothed tiger or someone in the tribe is trying to kill you, you're not going to create anything. You're not going to attract anything. You're not going to get anything. So we just need to calm our nervous system using some of these amazing processes. They might seem really simple, but the magic they can do, calm our nervous system, and then we're in that place of creation. Then we can start dreaming about what it is we want to create and attract and manifest. So it really comes down to, um, again, like I always say, align the body, mind, and spirit, because when you do that, you're in that place of being able to create. Mm. Oh, man, I just love that. I feel that deeply. And I, again, the little pocket that I just realized had a mini aha moment is the fight or flight piece that, yeah, when you're being chased by whatever and your life is on the line, you are not manifesting anything at that point. Your entire world and system, physiological system, energetic system, everything is just do not die, escape, make it out of this alive. And so when we're in that fight or flight in our everyday life, our resources can't go to manifesting and creating something new and positive because it's like we're going to die. There was just that element of in that moment, I see someone running and they're not also, I'm going to attract a million dollars. Like you are just (laughs) trying to survive. And that's what it feels like. Also that feeling, especially when we have children and pressures and mortgages and all this stuff, it does sometimes feel like I'm going to die if I can't pay rent. It does seem far-fetched, but it also feels very real. It it, it feels, and your your mind might say, if I can't pay this, we're going to be homeless. Whereas you missed a lot of steps. Like there was a lot of things between, you know, being tight on bills this month and homeless, but that's where our mind goes, which is, you know, very close to we're going to die if we don't figure it out. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, So before we wrap up, I'd love to talk about your book. It is on the way to me, so I can't wait to get it. It actually may arrive even today or tomorrow. So by the time this airs, I will have it in my hot little hands. I'm excited to dive in. Can you tell us a bit about your book? Yeah. So I I wrote How to Be Wildly Wealthy Fast because I've been teaching the material for ages and I realized I just wanted it to get into more hands and I wanted it to, to really you know, share everything that I knew, everything that I had done to turn my life around and create abundance and prosperity. So I put it all into the book um, so that people could just, you know, read it, get excited about, because as I said before, I get bored doing the one thing. So all the different processes and exercises I used, I put in my book. But I wrote, I wrote that book back in 2000 and, uh, 2004 it was published and since then, you know, I'm, I'm part of one of the world's um, sort of exclusive group of um, leaders, transformational experts, um, people that are really into neuroscience. It was a, a community that Jack Canfield put together and he invited me to be part of it. And these people are like cutting edge. Like they, they, they know things that, you know, spend all their days and their hours, you know, really diving into this stuff. So the things that I've learned beyond the book. I mean, the book is great. People are manifesting left, right and centre from just the book. 
but I've learned so many new things that I actually created a program called Millionaire Mindset Experience where we go even deeper, where we really look at the blocks because the book is all about manifesting, but then people often come to the point where, you know, like I said, they get on a manifesting role and then they kind of plateau and then they, and it's okay to plateau, but then some people go into fear and then they, when they go into fear because they've plateaued, they think they go, they start focusing on what they don't want and then they spiral down. So, Millionaire Mindset Experience is, is about taking them to the next level, about really breaking through everything that's stopping you. But, um, yeah, I guess the book itself, it actually, uh, I won the Body Mind Spirit Awards in Europe with the book, which was mind-blowing because that only happened like last year, I think, or the year before, and and the book's been out for, you know, over a decade. So I my book, How to Be Wildly Wildly Fast, is my pride and joy um, and I know you're writing a book and I can't wait to see it, but having a book, it's like it's like giving birth. It's like such a, a labour of love that goes into it and then suddenly it's here it's like, oh, my gosh. But I always say to anyone, if you're in business, you have to write a book because mm-hmm. your book becomes your business card. Uh, Mark Victor Hansen, who wrote the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, he always taught me that your book is like your big business card. And definitely for me, that's what it's been. You know, people read the book, they love the message, they want more of me, they come back to my website and that's really helped my business grow and, you know, it's changed so many lives because a book's really a simple and easy thing. You know, you might have a mentoring program, you might have a course, you might have a a community, you might have all sorts of things, but a book is really easy for people to dive into, get their hands on straight from Amazon. And and so, yeah, if if you're in business at all, write yourself a book. Yeah. And I believe most of us, or I could even say all of us, but we have a book inside of us. You know, it's already waiting to be revealed. And especially the people listening to this show and people in your community that you speak to, we've got a lot of things we've been through and things we've learned and ways that we can really help others with our light. So I I agree um, that we should, I feel it, it also sort of allows your message to go on over time. You know, it's not just a course you run once and then only the people that were in the course got to feel and be part of that content. It's like people, you know, you wrote it how many years ago and people are finding it and discovering it and, you know, you're winning awards still. So that's incredible. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show and having this amazing conversation. I've been asking my guests this last final question. What do you think is the number one thing that we need to focus on when we're looking to create that lifelong change? Like I am ready to change my world. I'm outgrowing my my current circumstances and I really want to step into that life I'm meant for? What do you think is the most important thing? Well, I, I can't boil it down to one, so I'm going to give you three quick things. I think I think number one on the three things is you have to find a mentor that you resonate with, someone, someone who's almost going to be like your guiding light because what happens if we try and do it by ourselves, our own thoughts and doubts can keep us back. So find a mentor or a community that you feel really aligned with and then the next thing is take action on what you learn. Too many people learn, 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 and they wonder why nothing changes. So find that community or that mentor. And I don't mean necessarily sign up for all their high-priced programs. It could be just getting on their podcast, like getting on a podcast like this. It can change your life. So, um, you know, tapping into their podcast or buying their book or listening to their free stuff, whatever it happens to be, but find that mentor. Take action on what you learn. So don't just learn, take action. 
And then the last thing would be be persistent because too many people give up right before everything's going to change and they don't realise how close it is. You know, they've been focusing on it, thinking about something, you know, getting ideas, starting to take action and then doubt kicks in, you know, that, that whole that resistance comes up and they stop. Whereas if you just keep going, that breakthrough might be just around the corner. So, you know, find a mentor, take action and persist. And I think one thing I really want to leave people with is understand that when, I mean, my whole transformation around money, it wasn't because I was skilled in any way. Like I dropped out of school in grade 11. I didn't even finish high school. I had no connections, no one I knew with money that could help me. I had no real skills. There was nothing that I could really do. I'd done lots of, you know, odd jobs um, over the time, over the years. So there was nothing that I could really do. So I, if I believe that if I have been able to transform my life by using the law of attraction, by rewiring my brain, then I believe every single person listening to this can do it too. It's just a matter of finding yourself a mentor, taking action and being persistent. Mm. Thank you so much. It's so beautiful. And I really appreciate the emphasis you say on rewiring the brain, because I do think that's a bit of a missing piece where a lot of people just do the affirmations. I mean, we've talked about a few of the missing pieces today, but I do think that you got to be persistent, keep rewiring, keep thinking new thoughts, keep reaching for alignment, keep choosing to feel good, keep visualizing, keep doing all the things. Because also when we see something and, and you know, maybe we're trying to manifest money, we look at our bank account and we, you know, we think, oh, it's not changing. That manifestation is just a reflection of the past. And it's, you just need to give the universe a little bit of time and not that things can't happen quickly, but you need a little bit of time too, to really develop that faith and that belief and that persistence. So just because something in front of you seems a fact, seems like it's not working, seems like dead is still there. It's just a reflection of the past, but you're manifesting new things. So stay in there so that you can start experiencing the miracles that you've been working so hard for. Exactly. You've got to change at a cellular level and that doesn't necessarily happen overnight. So you've got to become the person you need to be to be abundant, to, mm-hmm. to be wealthy, to, to have the lifestyle that you truly love. So when you work on yourself and you continually work on your mindset, it will happen. It has to happen. It's universal law and universal law doesn't work for this person and that person, but no, not for you. Mm-hmm. Universal law works for everyone. So just keep going and it will happen. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. So where can people find you? Because I know that they're going to want to. So where can we find you and see what you're up to and check out your millionaire course? That would be incredible. Where's the best place to find you? Uh, Easiest place to find me is at wildlywealthy.com. That's wildlywealthy.com. But if listeners, I actually put together a money manifesting bundle. So and it's a, a gift for everyone if they want to dive into it. There's some um, money-making affirmations. There's a guided visualisation. There's a see-your-business-success visualisation. They can go to wildlywealthyfree.com and they can get that money-manifesting bundle. And that will really start them, you know, that the, the things in there are really going to support them to start to think differently, to open up the 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 mind to what is possible and allow them to really start to get vibrationally in alignment with what it is they desire. 
Wow. Thank you. I'm definitely putting that in the show notes. I'm going to grab it myself. Thank you for putting that together for us and offering amazing free content, your book, all the way up to your millionaire mindset, and I'm sure live experiences when that's happening. I can't wait to dive in more. So thank you so much. It's been an honor connecting with you today. Thank you so much for the work that you do and the change that you're making in the world too. Really, I love seeing women empower other women. So thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I really hope you loved it. Before I go, I want to acknowledge you for taking time out of your day to fuel your spiritual connection and manifest your future. I know you're busy and just listening to this raises your vibe, resets your belief and creates a positive ripple effect into your life. And you are doing such a good job. I am honored that you invited me into your life and into your ears. It's a beautiful thing and I truly appreciate it. Remember, you are a powerful creator who is creating the most beautiful life as we speak. So today, I cheers to you.